Good morning, everybody. Good dinner. Shop is Kedish. Psachim Daf Vav Kuchazaris and Daf Hey the Gemara and Daf Hey Meralaf. Brought down a few more Marmakemis, a few more a few more drushes describing that the Isser of Chametz applies really on the on erev Yomtiv on Yudalit and not just on the Yomtiv itself. You have a chiv to get rid of the Chametz on erev Yomtiv. The Gemara and Beis brought down. We had two psukim that said a person has to get rid of their Chametz. The Gemara said each pasuk Torah is different halachas, and we used Gzair Shavat to say that the halachas which apply in both pasuk apply by each other and the halacha is that for example you're allowed to have somebody else's chametz and you're allowed to have a non-Jewish chametz in your shows that applies to sign your house then the Gemara on the bottom brought down that there's a chilek between whether a person takes a chrys or a and if you take a chrys or a and then you're responsible and it's, it's also for you to have the chametz over Yom Tepar if you don't take responsible, responsibility then it's not a problem today's daf a very exciting daf has a few shas it's a few very important you say this the Gemara is going to start with a discussion of if a person owes a tax to the king and the question is he's going to give an animal to the king? Is that animal chayv and meiser? Is that dough chayv and chal? That's going to be the first discussion. And the Gemara is going to discuss what's the halach a person finds chametz in his house on Pesach. What does he do with it? The Gemara on the bottom is going to introduce us to the concept of shleishim yom kaitin machag darshim halachas of Pesach. This is the source for this idea that thirty days before the yom tov you have to darshim those halachas. We'll see that in the rice, in the rabbanon. Definitely an interesting discussion which yom tovin applies to. Then the Gemara on is going to introduce us to another Shaz concept, Ein Muktim Mochabatari, which means that we cannot necessarily darshan from the order of the Torah because the events that the Torah is written is not necessarily in the order that they happen. The events can be written out of order. Finally, the Gemara on the, on the bottom is going to discuss the halacha of Bittal, that a person not, doesn't just have to do Kedikas Chamet, he also has to do Bittal Chamet as well. So let's see the Helgi Gemara. We're picking up from the top of Daf Vav Amid Al. Says the Helgi Gemara, four lines down. Which is Arnoina, which means most we should learn, Rashi, most we should learn over here. It's referring to a tax. So the Allah is that the people in the city would owe a tax to the king. So therefore, they would give animals to the king as part of their tax payment. So the Gemara is asking that type of animal which a person is going to give to the king, what is Allah? Is that Chayv Machar or not? Because Allah is your only Chayv Machar if it's your animal, if it's someone else's animal, if it's an Andrew's animal. Your Potter, other Rishayim, one that the Arnoina over here means that's Peshutus, but the Potter in our Gemara is it's referring to the tax. So it says the Gemara, that animal which you're giving to the king for your for taxes, is that Chayv Machar or not? Says the Hail Gemara, says in any situation where if, when the king comes to collect I can really just pay it off I can instead of giving him a, a, a animal for a thousand for a thousand dollar animal I can give him just a thousand dollars cash and I'll be fine with that so in that scenario of course I'm chai, the animal is chai v'machar because really I own the animal I can really just pay off the king so the question is in a scenario where the king can de- take the animal and I can't just give the king money instead so what is Allah in that case do we say that since the king is going to take that animal therefore it's not chai v'machar no since practically speaking until I give it to him it's still mine I'm chai v'machar says where am I what's Allah Amalu? So back to him, two of the is your potter. Ask the Gemara about Tiny Chayvets. I have another Bryce which says your Chayv. And says the Gemara, Hasam de Matsi Mesalagle. says the Gemara, there's a difference that it depends. When the Bryce said your potter, like we just explained, when the Bryce said your potter, that was talking about a case where you could, can't be Mesalakim. And since you can't be Mesalakim, so therefore, it's, we look at it as if it's already his. However, when the Bryce said your Chayv, Machar, that was a situation where you could be Mesalakim. And since you could be Mesalakim, therefore, your Chayv to get as Machar. Says the Gemara, Ikadam Yamarava. And even if you could, you can't be masalik, even if you could pay money, the Allah is you're still pater. And Rashi explains why talk are you pater if you could really pay the king off? So it's not really his animal. So Rashi explains the kol because until you didn't give him the money, we view it as if the king is taking your animal. Meaning the status quo is that it's going to be the king's animal. If you want, you could pay the king money instead. However, the status quo is that this is the king's animal, and therefore. But the Gemara continues and says, 
However, the dough, which you also have to pay for the tax, that is chayv and chal. Even if you cannot misalak, meaning even if the king is going to take that specific dough, he's not going to take money instead of his, you're still chayv and chal. As the Gemara, my time, what's the pshat? What's the difference between the animal and the chal? And since the Gemara behemoth, like call an animal has a curl, it has a voice, meaning people know that this animal is owned, that you're giving it to the, you're going to give it for tax purposes, you're going to give it to the king. And therefore, everybody knows that that's the reason why you're not going to eat for Bechar, and therefore it's not a problem, no should sight. However, by the dough, not everybody knows that this dough you're going to pay for taxes, and therefore people see that you're not taking off Chalaf on the dough, they're going to think that you're doing an Avera. And therefore, it's the issue of Marisai, and the Chalman said, you always have to take off Chal on that dough, even though you're paying it for taxes, even though it's really the king's Allah is. That you have to take off chal. Says the helping war writer Tanur Abanon. Let's say Nanju walks into a Jew's house on Yom Tiv, on Pesach, and he's holding chametz in his hand. Allah is, it's not your problem, it's not an issue. There's no problem. As long as you don't own the chametz, it's totally okay. The Miri says, this din's pashit. So really, we're just continuing on to bring the chalish from the b'risa. This Allah is pashit. However, let's say the Nanju gives it over to us because then you're obligated to get rid of it on Pesach. It's considered your chametz, you have to get rid of it. Again, the Mar is going to clarify. What the situation is. Let's say you designate a specific spot in the house for the Nanju. You say, you tell the Nanju, that closet in my house is your closet. Either you rent it to him or you say, that's your closet. It's not a problem. You don't have to get rid of it. It's his chametz in his place. We'll see more exactly why. But it's not a problem. Shinem, like the Pasuk says, say that you can't find chametz in your house. Ask the Gemara again, the similar kasha we had on the and base. This Pasuk of Loyimatze sounds like something's usher. And the Gemara we are telling you that it's mutter to have the non-Jew put the chametz in your house as long as it's a designated spot. So what's going on over here? We're trying to find the Pasuk which tells you something's mutter. We're bringing a Pasuk which sounds like something's usher. Micah, Amar, what's going on? Answers the Gemara, Amar, Papa, Aresha, Kay, Enachlami. This Pasuk of Loyimatze is not going on the safe, it's going on the Resha. But I'm missing what the Pasuk is saying. If the non-Jew gives it to you as a big card in Allah, is that you have to get rid of it. Because the terror says that you cannot have any chametz found in your shas. And if he gives it over to you as a bikad, then it's a problem. Again, big discussion. We're shining over here. What are we talking about? We're talking about Kabbalah Christ, like Kabbalah Christ. Definitely an important discussion. Rav Ashi, Rav Ashi says, really was, What's going on the safe of the Hachi This is what the Pasuk was saying. This is what the Gemara was saying. If you designate a specific spot, the Jew is not responsible to get rid of it on Pesach. Why? The Pasuk says you cannot find it in your house. And this is not considered your house. It's not considered yours. Why? Because when the Nanju goes into your house, he's going into his own part of his own part of the house. Meaning that the assumption is that when I designate a specific spot for the Nanju, we view it as if that's the Nanju's part of the house. It's his part. It's not my house. And therefore, it's not a problem for me to keep for him to have comments there. Because because it's not my house, it's his part, it's his house, and therefore it's not a problem. Says the Gemara, do you mean to tell me that Allah is that when a person rents a a piece of property or a house on somebody else, you mean to tell me that we view it as if he owns the house? And the Gemara is saying that you're telling me that when you designate a specific spot for the non-Jew, we view it as if that that's the non-Jew's part of the house. Is that true? That he really owns it? We view it as if it's his. But we learned to the Mishnah and Masechet Zavai Dezara. Even when the even when the Chum allowed Chutzlars for a person to rent a house to a non-Jew, the halacha is loy lebeis tiramu. The halacha is the Chum said you're not allowed to rent a place for him to live. Why? Because we're afraid that it's going to bring Avay Dazar into the house, and that's a problem for for a Jew to have Avay Dazar in his house. But ask the Gemara, if you're going to tell me that when you when you rent out a house to a non-Jew, so now we view it as if the non-Jew owns it, as if, that we view it as if it's his house. So says the Gemara, ask the Gemara, so then he brings an Avay Dazar, he's not bringing it to your house anymore, it's, it's the non-Jew's house. So what's the problem? Elamai, we see that's Chiris Loikanya. Even when I designate a specific spot for somebody else, even when I rent out a property to somebody else, we still view it as if I own the house, I own the property. Says the Gemara, no, Shania 
halacha that afke rachmana blush laymatze. It says the Gemara, Enachanami, really? Could be schiras, like Kanye. Could be when you rent the property to somebody else, really? I, the owner still has rishos in that property, he still owns it. I said, so what's pshat over here that you're allowed to have the non Jew place his chametz in the area which you designate for him? Lachar, you still own that place, says the Gemara. Over here it's Matzah because the Pasuk says, Blush and Loyim Matzah. The Torah says it should not be found. Then we explain the Pasuk, we interpret the Pasuk, Misha Matzah Biyatcha. That's only a situation where it's found in your hand. Yatzazesh, any Matzah Biyatcha, excluding this case that it's not Matzah Biyatcha. What does it mean, Matzah Biyatcha? says Rashi that what it means is, the Rashi is Matzah Biyatcha, Shari, Isay Zavitz Mesurali Nachri, because that part of your house is given over to the non Jew, and therefore we don't view it as if it's. In your rishos, if it's in your property, in Echanami, technically you own that part of the property, but since it's the non, you designated for the non-Jew, therefore we don't say that it's matzibiyatcha, and therefore it's not a problem on yamtiv. Says the Helgi Gemara Vaiter Amar Huda Marav Amaytiv Chametz Beis to be yamtiv. Very important Gemara. We are a person who finds chametz in his house on yamtiv. Kaifalav is a kli. The law is he flips over a kli on top of it to make sure that nobody eats it, and that's it. And then on chalmayid you get rid of it. Amar Rava. If the chametz is of hagdish, you don't have to put a kli on top because we're not afraid that somebody's going to eat it. My time, what's the shot? We're not afraid somebody's going to eat it. Mivdal b'dilamine because people in general don't eat hagdish. Therefore, there's no kashash. He's going to eat this piece of chametz. However, a regular piece of chametz which isn't hagdish, then we're concerned people are going to eat it. And therefore, the halach is that we take a kli and we flip it over on top of it. Now, there's a really important discussion over here in the Rishonim. What are we talking about? Are we talking about a case where a person did betel or a person didn't do betel? So let's speak out the scenario. If a person did betel already, so a person is mavatol as chametz, and when you find chametz on yamtiv, so really it's kaafar da'ara, and really it's not a problem, be the right. So however, the Rabbanon said still, you should get rid of it. So therefore, it makes a lot of sense over here that since it's only an issue to Rabbanon, the Rabbanon said, we're not going to allow you to pick it up because it's an issue of muktzah. This chametz is muktzah, it's asr So the Rabbanon are going to tell you, you're not allowed to move this piece of chametz because it's muktzah. And therefore, you have the halachas, you have to just put a clean on top, and then you'll get rid of it. However, if the person did not do bito, if the person was not mavatal as chametz, and now you find chametz on yom, every moment that he leaves the chametz in his house, he's ivory, and it's a derisa, So how could it be that the chametz are telling you that you're not allowed to move it, you have to wait till chametz, l'chera, the rabbin are telling you to ivory, and it's a So this is definitely a fascinating discussion with Rishayin. If you take like a Rashi, Rashi says, because you're not allowed to take it out, you're not allowed to move it because it's issue of Mukta. Rashi speaks out that you're not over me and your because you're ready from yesterday. So it seems like Rashi's learning clearly that our Gemara is talking about where a person did bit already, and therefore we're talking about Ishid Rabban. However, other Rishon are not convinced that that's the case. And again, it would sound like from Rashi that if it would be an Ishid it could be the Rabban, would allow you to move it. If you take a look at the Meiri, the Meiri dons in the Shail, the Meiri discusses what's this, what case are we talking about? We're talking about where the person did betel, didn't do betel. He's knighted to say that we're talking about a case where the person did betel because if he did not do betel, then the Rabbanu would allow to do it. However, if you take a look at the Maram Chalava, he also dons in the Shaila and he says that there's a strong possibility to say that no, the Rabbanu would tell you that even if you do not do betel, and me and the Rabbanu would say you're not going to get rid of it. If you take a look at Maram Chalava, writes over here. That many times Rabbanan say that we're going to put our foot down and not allow you to do something even though you're going to because we find by Izemel, Arav Hazal, we'll see Mesachin Sivamis, Yechichu, the Gabi Shevish Roshan, and Chayat Nasa, Lebed Arishim Shimshus, Lebed Arishim Shim Laisas, Lebed Arishim Shim Laisas, Lebed Arishim Shim And again, the Rabbanans put their foot down that you're not a blow Shaifer on Rosh Hashan, even though you're not going, you're not going to be kind of the Mitzvah Midaraisa. Says the Ram Chalavad, the Maskana, you can't compare different places that the Rabbanans sometimes put their foot down, sometimes don't put their, don't put their foot down. So he's in specific what the specific scenario is. But again, a very important discussion of where the Rabbanan immediately to Vrayam. 
even though we're talking about being Avon Isidraisa, could the Rabbanan put the part down and said, you're not going to be Avon Isidra Rabbanan. Now, definitely an interesting discussion we had in Mishak Shabbos. When the Rabbanan do that, do we say that now, since it's the Rabbanan stopping you from doing the mitzvah, so now it's not a problem at all? It's not like I'm even an Ainus on the Isidraisa. I'm nothing, because since the Rabbanan told me I'm allowed to do it, so I'm not over anything. Definitely a fascinating discussion. But either way, says the Gemara, if it's a regular piece of chametz, you have to flip over a clay. If it's a Hagdish, then Allah you don't have to, because we have a Svarab, Mivdal Bidil Amina. Says the if you find the chametz of a non-Jew, the Allah is, and we're talking about an Arab Yamtiv, the Allah is, you have to make a mechitz of ten tvachim, mishum hacker. Because you have to make a hacker around it. Fame shall hagish you in its arach, and if it's of hagish, you don't have to make a hacker. My time again says the Gemara, Mivdabdili in Ishmine. Says the Gemara, Ramu Damarav. A person who goes on a far trip, he goes on a boat, or a person who goes in a caravan, says the Gemara, is that if, he's go, if he goes more than 30 days before Pesach, the is, he does not have to do Badika, he doesn't have to get rid of the Chametz. Again, most Rishayim learned we were talking about doing Bittal, that of course in both scenarios you're going to do Bittal, the question is, do you have to do Badika, do you have to do a beer? So if the person is leaving more than 30 days before Pesach, it is not responsible, it's more than 30 days, you don't have to do Badika. Zakuk Lavar, however, if he's coming, if he leaves within 30 days, Allah is before he goes, he has to do Badika, he has to do, he has to get rid of the Chametz. Amar Abayah said, Hada Amr Tech Shlashim Yam Zakuk Lavar, this is what he said, that if he leaves within 30 days, he has to do Badika, he has to get rid of the Chametz. Lamar and Elisha died to Lachsar, that's only if he plans on coming back on Pesach. Avlain died to Lachsar, ain't Zakuk Lavar. Says Abayah, if he doesn't plan on coming back, Allah is, he does not have to do Badika, beer, he doesn't have to do anything. Amar Le Rav, Rav said, back to be Daiter Lachsar, you're telling me that if the person plans on coming back on Pesach, so then if he, even if he leaves in Rashana, he doesn't have to do a badika, meaning only if he leaves within 30 days, then he has to do a badika. But if he leaves more than 30 days before Pesach, he doesn't have to do a badika. What do you mean? When he comes into his house on, on Pesach, he's going to be Aaron Issa Isa. So who cares whether he's coming back, whether he left 30 days before Pesach or more than 30 days before Pesach? Lechera, when if he's coming back on Pesach, he should be required to do a badika beer before he leaves, even with six months ago, because when he comes back on Pesach, he's going to be Aaron Issa. If you take a look at Rashi, he's an important Rashi over here. Rashi writes, Because when he comes back home on Pesach, he's going to be ever in Israel. The question really is, though, what does that mean? Who cares if he comes home or not? If the person has the Chametz in his house, so who cares if he actually comes back to his house? Either way, he should be ever in Israel. Why only when he comes back to his house is he going to be ever in Israel? So definitely a very important discussion, fascinating discussion. Take a look at the Marsha, the Marsha. The general assumption of, in the Achrenovir is that we're talking about where the person already did Bittal. So once he did Bittal, we're talking about Yisurim Rabban. However, there are Achrena and Pnei Yeshua and others who seem to learn this is Dindaraisa. Definitely an important discussion. So says the Gemara. So, so again, so the Kasha was that if you're telling me that his plans are coming back, so then even if, he, even if he's leaving more than 30 days before Pesach, he should be required to Badika before he goes. So rather clarify his Rava. Rava disagrees and says like this. Elama Rava. Rather says Rava. This that we said. That before 30 days, he doesn't have to be Mavar. He doesn't have to do Badika. So that's only if he doesn't plan on coming back. However, if he plans on coming back on Pesach, Allah is that even if he leaves six months before, eight months before, the assumption is that Roshan Allah is Lav Dafka, but Allah is yes to do Badika. Buzz Rabbah Tamein says, Ignore Rabbah unless you touch it. Because Rav said, Let's say a person makes his house or a specific room into a storage room, storage area, which means that now it's inaccessible to put things there. The Allah doesn't have to do as long as it's more than 30 days before Pesach. However, however, if he wants to make his room into a storage house within 30 days of Pesach, he has to do and a beer before he does that. Because the assumption is that now he's responsible to check his year for Chamet. And Rav clarified and he said, This he said that a person is not responsible if, if he does it more than 30 days. That's only if he doesn't plan on cleaning out before Pesach. However, if he plans on cleaning out before Pesach, and now it's going to be accessible before Pesach, that even if it's, even if it's more than 30 days before Pesach, 
Because as long as the person is coming back on Pesach and now it's accessible, it's a problem, and therefore you have to do a bedika, you have to do a, you have to check it before, even if it's more than 30 days before Pesach. Now, again, the general assumption of this Kamar is that this issue of within 30 days or more than 30 days is only an Isra drop on. However, if you take a look at the Pnei Yeshua over here, the Pnei Yeshua writes that this is a Dindai Raisa, the Dindai Shleishim and this is going to, this is very much going to be totally on the next, and the Gemara is going to say that what, what's the Pshah in 30 days? So the Gemara is going to say that it's totally on this other Allah we're going to see that a person's Chai of Shailim Vidarshim Lachas Pesach, 30 days before Yom Tiv. That 30 days before Yom Tiv, the Allah we start talking about the Yom Tiv. So therefore, the Pnei Yeshua says the Dindai the Gemara is going to say that the Dindai Raisa is that. So it says the Pnei Yeshua that that also could be Daraisa. And since that Dindai Raisa, therefore the two Dindai are Daraisa together, within 30 30 days, a person is responsible to start focusing on the Yom Tiv, and that's why there's a difference between more than 30 days before Yom Tiv and less than 30 days before Yom Tiv. And again, once, there, once we come within the period of 30 days before Yom Tiv, the assumption is that now we have to start focusing on the Yom Tiv, and now, and this could be a Dindar Aisa, that within 30 days, you have to start doing a Badika, beer, and start talking about the halachas of the Yom Tiv. Now, do we ever find that the halach of 30 days applies even on the level of Dindar Aisa? Do we ever find this chilek? So it's interesting, we do find this chilek in regards to this Shvias, that the halachas that within 30 days of Shvias, certain, certain halachas apply. We find this that after 30 days, we find this in regards to that there's a man that holds like that. So it's definitely interesting to try to figure out if there's a common denominator between any of these halachas or all these halachas that it could be that within 30 days of a period of time of his man, we look at it as if it's really one long zman, and therefore it could be there's some shot in the 30 days. You take a look at Shalom Zaman Urbach, Mincha Shleimah, Tinyana. Simon Kuftezayin, he seems to suggest this in regards to Tesavashvi, it's this idea that within 30 days of his mom, it could be reviewed as one long zman. But either way, says the Gemara, so the way the Pnei Yeshua is learning is that this, this is a din deraisa, within 30 days of the yomtiv, you have to start thinking about the yomtiv. It's interesting there, Abachan and Kaibich Yom over here says that this halacha of doing Wadika 30 days before yomtiv, at least according to Rashi later on, is a din deraisa. However, this din of Shailan, he says, is only Takanad Rabbanan, and therefore he just says that, and the Gemara says that the source for Shleishim Yaim is from the second halacha. It's really just bringing a raya from a dindar to dindar raya, which he says we find in other places. It's interesting that I'm not sure where Rabbi was, where Rabbi knew that this dindar of Shleishim Yaim is dindar It could be that's the general assumption of the place game. But again, we do see that there's a Pnei show which assumes that this, this is a halacha de raya. Says the Helegi Gemara Vaiter, Hani Shleishim Yaim, says the Helegi Gemara, Hani Shleishim Yaim, Maivitai, ask the Gemara. What's the pshat? What's the source of these 30 days? That we said that within 30 days you have to do a badika. What does that have to do? What's, what's the halacha of 30 days? Says the Gemara, Kitasanya. We learned in a brayse, that within 30 days of the Yomte, that's when we start discussing the halachas of Pesach. Again, a very interesting discussion. We shine him. Does this apply by the Yomte as well? By Sukkot? Does it apply by Shvuas? Does it apply by the Dinam Rabbat? By Yomte and Rabbanan? Definitely interesting discussion. Also, an interesting discussion. The Gemara and the Megillah says that Moshe was masaking that we darshan halachas of the Yom Tov on the Yom Tov itself. So the question is, what the difference between this halachas and the and that halachas? The Rana here speaks out that the halach of Shailin isn't that we start giving shiur on it. Rather, when a, a Talmud asks a Shaila on the Yom Tov, we give him precedence. We give the Shaila on the Yom Tov, the halachas of Yom Tov, precedence over any other Shaila. But either way, says the Gemara, halachas within thirty days of the Yom Tov, we start discussing the halachas of the Yom Tov. Rav Shimon Gamliel and Rav Shimon Gamliel says, within two weeks of the Yom Tov, that's we start discussing the Yamtiv. Says the Gemara, my time with Tanakama. What's challenge Tanakama? What's his source? Within 30 days of the Yamtiv, we start discussing the Yamtiv. Says the Gemara, Shari Mesha, Emid Pesach Rishon, because Mesha was standing when it was, Mesha was discussing when it's Pesach Rishon, Mazgal Pesach Shani. Because when it's Pesach Rishon, Mesha started discussing the Pesach Shani, which is 30 days later, which is a month later. So you see, 30 days. Never Like the Pesach says, we ask him in Israel, as a Pesach from Adam, except he and Ashma Shahi, to me, and Levesh Adam, because Broker told Mesha about Pesach Shani. And Moshe was telling it to them on Pesach Rishon. So you see that on Pesach, you see that 30 days before the Yomtev, we start talking about the Yomtev. Says the Gemara, 
that even though Umazal says that what's the Gemara's raya that you have to tell them the three days before, the reason why Meish told them was because they asked in the Shiloh. The people asked, what should we do? We're Tameh. So Meish responded. So that says, what's the raya that you have to tell them? L'chaira, that he just, Meish was just responding to Shiloh. So Taisa's answer is, M'kamak Explains Taisus that Moshe Rabbeinu could have just responded that you don't do the Pesach now and I'll tell you the Alchaz Pesach Sheni another time. However, from the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu was Meirch and told him all about the Alchaz Pesach Sheni, that's how the Tanakhama brought the Raya. However, if Shingon Leil holds, it's not a Raya because maybe once Moshe Rabbeinu was responding to their question, he responded and told them all about Alchaz. So now says the Gemara, my time to Rabbi Gamliel. What is the reason for Rabbi Gamliel that the Alchaz is that you have to start dashing the Alchaz of Pesach two weeks before Pesach? Says the Gemara. And he started discussing the halachas of Pesach. You see, the Meshav Benu on Rosh was discussing, telling them they have to start preparing for Yom Tov. How do you know that Meshav Benu was discussing on Rosh Chaydesh, the first of the Yom Tov? Maybe Meshav Benu was telling them the halachas on the fourth day of Nisan or the fifth day of Nisan. Meaning, Mar just says the pasuk just says that it was during Nisan. How do you know that it was during the on which Chaydish Nisan? Rather, says the Gemara, "Alama Rabbi Barsim Mishmei Deravina Mehalcha." From this pasuk, the pasuk says, "Laydabra Hashem Almeisha Lamid Barsim Nevishan Hashem Is Bchaydish Arishan." Again, the pasuk says the second year of the first month, which is which is Nisan. Mixiv Vayasub Nei Yisrael Zapasach Mayaday. That again, Meishav Benu started telling the Alachas. Asked the Gemara again, "Hachanami Mimayde Biyeish Yachakai." How do you know that this pasuk is referring to? On Rosh Chodesh, the pasuk just says that it was the first month. It says that it was Nisan. It doesn't say what day of the month it was. It says the Gemara, "Don't be Maybe it was the fourth day of the month. Maybe it was the fifth day of the month. And says the Gemara, "Amr Nachman Yitzchak, Atzia Midbar Bi Midbar." It's exactly as Shavak Sivachet says over here. But Midbar Sinai, Vixivas, and Midbar Shalmeisha, Midbar Sinai by Almight, Bechal Chodesh Hasheni. Over there, it says specifically that it was the first day of the month. Malam Rosh Chodesh, Alkam Rosh Chodesh. Over there, the pasuk specifically says it was Rosh Chodesh. So to over here, when the pasuk says that Moshe Rabbeinu was telling the halachas of Yom Tiv, it was referring to Rosh Chodesh. So therefore, it says Rosh Chodesh. I have a clear proof that the halach is that you have to start discussing the halachas of Yom Tiv. 14 days before the Yom Tov. That's the Gemara, a very important Shail of Nechtib Reisha, the Chedish Rishon, Vahadar Nechtib Chedish Hashanah. This is very strange. If you look at the order of the Pesachim, the Pesachim by Midbar and Parak Al Pesach Av starts by discussing the second month of the year. It starts by discussing year. And then only later on in Pesach Tetz, it starts discussing the Alachas of Pesach, which is the first day, the first month of the year. So L'Chair, it's out of order. L'Chair, it should be the other way around. First, we just discuss the Alachas of Pesach. We should discuss the Alachas of the first month. And then we should discuss the Alachas of the second month. So what's going on over here? L'Chair, the Torah is written out of order. Answers the Gemara. A very important insight. I think this is the this is the primary source in the Gemara. Rashi and other Rishonim quote this all over the place. They quote from Midrashim as well. But this is the source in the Gemara for this idea that the Torah was not written in the specific order. That the events in the Torah are sometimes written out of order. The Torah could write that event A happened and then event B happened, but really, event B happened first. Says the Gemara, Amra Papa Loy Amra Al Betray and Yanni. This do we say that Ain Bukdum Umacher Betray? That's only by two in Yanni, which is the Gemara Chayik and Rishayim. Does that mean two parshas? Does that mean two totally separate discussions? More than one parsha away. Definitely interesting discussion. Rashi learns referring to two parshas. 
However, in one parsha, we assume that whatever is written first came first, and whatever was written second came after that. Because if you don't say that there's an order in the Torah in one parsha, if you don't say that idea, the halacha is that one of the ways we dash in the Torah is that when the Torah gives a rule and then it gives a detail, the halacha is we make a drasha that we include in the rule only the specific things which the Torah delineated. Dilma, but if the, if the, the halacha is that really that there's no order in the Torah, Dilma Prado Klau says the Gemara, if you're telling me that the Torah wasn't written in a specific order and that, that we shouldn't we shouldn't dash in things from the order, so then how do you ever dash in a Klau Prat? Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's really Prado Klau. Says Gemara, Vasu Prado Klau, Nasa Klau, Maitsavala Prat. And some, we have a drasha the other way around. That if you first have the Prat, you first have the Pasuk says a detail, and then it says a general rule. For example, the Torah says, don't eat, this, don't eat this specific animal. And then it says a general rule, don't eat the animal. The Allah is, we make a drasha that Nasa Klau, Maitsavala Prat, that the Klau, the rule comes to add onto the details. And we add things to the details. Says the Gemara, How could you ever make the drasha of Prado Klal? Maybe it's really supposed to be a Klal Prat. Meaning, these types of drashas that we're dashing, that since the Torah says Klal Prat, we make a drash like that, but maybe it's the other way around. Maybe really it's a Prado Klal. Says the So says the Gemara, Elamai. But we do say that there's an order to the Torah, at least in one parish. Says the Gemara, Yachafilu betraying Ananami. Says the Gemara, so if you're telling me that we make that because of this, this Kasha, that you need to make a drush, we make the drush of Kal Prat, so that even if it's two parashas, we should assume that it's written in order, so that we can make the drush of Kal Prat. Says the Gemara, It makes a lot of sense if you hold that we only dash in Kal Prat if it's in one parish. If it's two parishes, you don't make the drush. And that makes a lot of sense because we say that ain't booked in Wilkham Retire. Alamandam or Michael Mamma, according to Mandam holds that we do, we do dash in Kal Prat even if they're in two separate parishes. What's the Pshat? Ain't booked in Wilkham Retire. And says the Gemara, Afilaman, they're dumb, even according to Mandam holds that if it's two, even if it's far away from each other, we Make a drasha. That's only if it's in the same parsha. If it's in the same parsha, but very far away, we can still make a drasha. However, if it's in two separate and yanim, if it's two separate parshas, everybody agrees that we cannot darshan klal prat because a mukdim mukhabatayra. We cannot darshan the meaning from the order of the Torah. Says the Helgig Marabaiter. If a person does badika, he also has to do a bitol. Even though a person does badika, then I have yidal. The Allah is right afterwards. This is where we the, the concept comes that we say that kochamir vechamira. This, this is this is not a nusach which in the Gemara. The Gemara already discussed the specific nusach of kochamira, but this is where the Gemara is telling us that after a person does a badika on our pesach, lel er pesach. He has to do bittel as well. And again, the Rishon over here discussed what the lamnus of bittel is. Is it a different type of is it a different type of lamnus? And in general, we say that hefker requires three people. So the Rishon say that here the rabbanon could be that that's only did rabbanon. Every midrash you don't need three people. So rabbanon said if you're doing a mitzvah you don't need three people. But either way, the halach is you have to do bittel. Inayma says the gemara. So I asked the gemara my time. Why did Rabbanon require that after you do Badika, why you have to do Bittal? We assume that you did a good Badika, so why you have to do Bittal as well? Says more, if it's because maybe you left over crumbs or like Hashivi, it's not Hashiv, and therefore it's not a problem if you still have crumbs in your house on Pesach. Maybe you'll tell me no. That in general, you're right. Crumbs are not so chashu, but since they're in your house and your house is guarded, because unless you lock the door at night, so maybe everything in your house now is chashu, so the crumbs are chashu. Let's say you have these dried out te'enim, these dried out figs that are bad. You're not going to use them at all. They're they're spoiled. You're not going to use them. However, you're guarding your field still because they have they're good grapes in the field. Or or you have these old grapes in the field that you're not going to use in the vineyard. However, you have these 
use other gourds that you plan on using. And if you're guarding your field, says the Gemara, is much Babais only Misham Gazel only if the Babais specifically cares about the spoiled fruit, about the old fruit, then Allah is that you're not allowed to steal them, and you're Chayav to give Meiser. However, as much Ain Babais Makrelein, Mutar Misham Gazel, Mutar Misham Meiser. The Allah is that as long as the Babais is not Makrelein, even though the person is guarding his field for other items in the field, the Allah is that it's not a problem with Gazel, they're not Chayav in Meiser. So you see clearly that just because you're guarding the field or you're guarding your house, it doesn't give a Chashiva, so we're back to the Kasha, just because you're crumbs in your house, it shouldn't be a problem. And says the Gemara, and says Rava, because we're afraid that maybe a person's going to find a person's going to not do such a good batika and is going to end up finding a pile of chametz, a hush of a piece of chametz in his house, and then maybe his das is going to be on it. And says the Gemara, what's the problem if his das is on it? Asks the Gemara, asks the Gemara, okay, so what's the big deal? Let's say the person finds an yamtiv. Let's let the person do bittel then. Why have to do bittel on Arab Pesach? And says the Gemara, because maybe the person is going to find it after, on Pesach itself when it's Asr. The Allah is, and it's not continuing. The Allah is, if you find Chomets on Pesach, then Bittal does not work. Because since it's Asr, the Allah is, it's Asr right now, Bittal does not work. Dumb Rebelezer, Lezer said, there are two things that really are not on the Rishus of a person. The person doesn't own them. However, the terror put them in your Rishus to be ever in it. Survey the Hain. A person who digs a bar and ram, even though it's not really his, however, the terrorist said you're responsible to deal with it. But Chametz Mishesh is in And Chametz, once it's past the sixth hour in Erev Yomtev, the Allah is that it's not yours anymore. So therefore, Bittal only works on Erev Yomtev, only works for Yomtev. So that's why the Rabbanan said, make sure to do a Bittal on Erev Yomtev. Asking more, Vinavatal, Ba'arba, Vinavatal, Chamesh. Okay, so you have to do an Erev Yomtev, but do it on the fourth hour, the fifth hour. Why have to do it the night before Pesach? And the more allows money allows don't Answer the more no, because since it's not a time where you're, it's austere, it's not a time where you're burning the chum, it's the fourth hour, the fifth hour, it's a random time. So therefore, we're afraid a person's going to forget not to do a bittal. Ask the more okay, but the why don't you do bittal the sixth hour? That's the time that you're burning the chumits. Says the Gemara, Kivan Yisur Rabbanu like you write the dummy, Vlavish is a kaimi, Vlavatal. Says the Gemara, no, since already the sixth hour, it's austere, me derabanan to have chumits. So therefore, it's the Rabbanan said that it's not considered your shush at that time also, because it has the status of as if it's also Midaraisa, and therefore a bit that does not work. Again, we'll pick up from this Nakuda tomorrow. Definitely not to discuss on how the Rabbanon made it the status of a Deraisa. But just a Two quick R's on the daf that we just saw. Number one, the Gemara said this idea of Ein Muktam Mukhabatar. So let's start with the Yushami. The Yushami in Shkalm. The Yushami Megillah seems to say that we even darshan the halacha of Ein, we, we even say the concept of Ein Muktam Mukhabatar, even in one Indian, even in one Parsha. So now, according to Yisham, we have a very good kasha. The Gemara asked, how do we ever dash in the concept of klal uprat? Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it was really a proud of klal. So how can we ever make that drasha? So you could say the Yisham disagrees with these klal. However, it seems that the majority of the Rishayim, the assumption is that the Gilbomid is our Allah and Sinai. And we're not going to assume that this machlegis whether you can make that drush or not. So Lachar, we have a problem. What is Chan the Yushami? Yushami says that we do it, we say the concept of Imuktum Umukhabatara even in one parasha. So how can we ever make the drushes of Klaluprat? So that's the Kashi Yushami. So Lachar, the way to answer the Kashi Yushami is really with the Kashi Rukhana over here. is a, a really strong Kashi in our Gemara. And Rabbanan's tarot really needs a lot of work. If anybody has a Pshan or Rabbanan or any Pshan or Gemara, the, the answer to this Kasha, we really would love to hear what the Mahalach is. Rabbi Hochan over here asks a really strong Kasha. The Gemara over here said that we have to say that there is an order in the Torah in one Indian, because if not, then how can we ever dash in Klaluprat? So asks Rabbanan, what type of Kasha is that? What type of Rai is that? 
Let's say you're right, that really the order of the Torah is not specific, that the events of the Torah happen out of order. However, who, why does that make a difference? Let's say Hashem told Meshach Rabbeinu that really the, the, the events of the first month first and the events of the second month first. But it doesn't make a difference. The way we dash in Yugal Midas is not how Hashem told the Torah to Meshach. It's not how the events happen. It's how Hashem told Meshach Rabbeinu to write the Torah. The way we use the Yugal Midas is we dash in, we have Pesukim in the Torah, and we dash in how the Pesukim were written. So if the Pesukim were written in a specific way, so who cares if they're out of order. But the Torah said, this is how it should be written. This is how Hashem told Meshach to write down the Torah. So that's how we should make the drushes. We're not trying to figure out how Hashem told it to Meshach. We're, ta- we're trying to figure out how Hashem told Meshach to write the Torah. And if Hashem told Meshach to write the Torah in this way, so we should be able to dash in Klal Prat. So Rabbi Hanan answers that, Rabbi Hanan says, with Tzarek Leimar, says, you have to say no. You have to say that we're using your Gomidas, that when Meshach Rabbeinu got the Torah, he got all, when he got the Torah Shabbat, he got the entire Torah Shabbat, with the entire Torah Shabbat, with the Yodigal Midas, that Torah and Adrash has been even before it was written, and therefore you're going to have to say that there is an order in one union. Again, what exactly the Torah says, I would love to hear if anybody has a Pshan or a B'chanan, I would love to hear. It could be that the other way to learn, maybe this is what is saying, is that the concept of Eim Mokhtim Rochem Torah means that the Torah is telling us don't apply any meaning, don't read any meaning into the order of the Torah. Meaning, even though the Torah says one event first and another event second, don't read any meaning into that, because Hashem told Meshach to write it down in this order, but not that it's it was specifically written this way for a reason. Rather, it's arbitrary. The Torah could have written the other way around as well. So therefore, the concept of Klal Prat means that we're darshaning that since the Torah wrote this first and this second, therefore we're understanding that there's a specific reason why I did that and there's a specific meaning behind it. However, what Eim Mokhtim Rechem means is that don't do that. What Hashem is telling us is that there's, if we would say that Eim Mokhtim Rechem even one Indian, that would mean that HaKadosh Baruch was telling us don't darshan, don't read any meaning into the order of the Torah because it wasn't written with a specific purpose, a specific reason. It wasn't written in a way that it was supposed to be darshan. Again, if anybody has a better understanding of this Gemara, we really would love some help over here. We would love to hear your thoughts. One more on today's nap. The Gemara on the bottom wrote down that a person who finds chametz on Yom Tif, So the Gemara said, what's the problem? Why do you have to do bit on Erev Yom Tif? When you find the chametz on Yom Tif, you'll, you should be matlaten. So the question is, what do you mean be matlaten? But l'chera, the, if, if you're not matlaten before Yom Tif, so then for the three days, let's say, Let's say the person finds it on the second day of Yom Tif. So Lachari was over this Rabbi Yerov for two, three days already. So why are you telling me that when you find it in Vatla, you should, the reason why you should be Vatla on Erev Yom Tif is because if you leave it over for three days, you're going to be over this Rabbi Yerov for three days. So this is where the Rishayim say, we brought the Ran already in on the base of an off, brings down that you see from Aragomar that you're not over by Yomatzelamafreya, that you're only over when you find it. In the, and the Ran explains why you're not over, because since the Allah is, you did a good Badika, and the terror says you're allowed to be Samech and Chazaka. So therefore, since you're allowed to be Samech and Chazaka, the Allah is, you're only going to be over once you find it. Once you find it, then you have to get rid of it, which again, definitely a fascinating discussion. When the Ran says you're not over, l'chur, that means you're not over at all. Because even if you're over b'shag, you're Inus, and you assume that Inus is not vera, l'chur, there would, we would have a very good reason why you should do the bitl on Erev Yom Tif. You're not over the Isra even by Inus. So we have a good proof that you're not over the Isra at all. And that's the Shah and the Ran. Taste later on suggests that the reason why you're not over until you actually find it is because Allah is that you're not over on Chametz Sha'ini Adua. Chametz, which is hidden away, that not that you hid it, but that you don't know where it is. Allah is, you're not over the Isra by Rabbi Matzah until you find it. Again, definitely interesting discussion in the Rishayin over here to figure out why you're not over the Isra. Lema Freya. Quick Chazar, we saw today the Gemara on the Amid Aleph spoke out the Allah of a person who has an animal which he has to give to the king part of his taxes or dough. Is that is So that was the first discussion we had. Then we had a discussion. Uh, if you, a person is allowed to have a nudge, you walk into his chatzar and bring chametz into his chatzar. As long as he doesn't own it, it's not a problem. However, if he designates a place in his chatzar, he's not responsible either. However, if he accepts responsibility for it, he accepts it as a bikadin, then he's responsible, then it's a problem. Then we saw the Gemara on the bottom. 
spoke out that a person is obligated to do a badika if he's leaving within 30 days of the yomtiv. Rav Klaverin said that if he plans to come back on Pesach, then even if he's leaving in the beginning of the year, he has to do a badika. And we saw the Gemara brought down the bottom that machlekes you have to be shaylim in halachas of Pesach 30 days before Pesach or two weeks before Pesach. Finally, we saw the Gemara on the bottom brought down this concept of a muktim or that the events in the Torah didn't necessarily happen in that specific sequence. And finally, the last Gemara we saw was that a person does a badika on. On Arab Yomtiv also has to do Bittal as well. He has to be Mavatal as Chomet on Arab Yomtiv. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Have a wonderful Shabbos.